You're listening to Extra Textual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome to the show. This is Eli, and with me today is... Jeremy. On this episode, we're talking about the film Valerian. Getting to this a little bit later than it is out in theaters, but uh, we still wanted to give it a chance to talk about it. Yeah, we were on vacation. We were on vacation for a few weeks, so a little fewer episodes. So we did have a chance to see Valerian, which I think is sort of a weird in-between type film as far as like mainstream film goes. Like, it's a very big sci-fi special effects film that maybe a lot of people would normally go out to in droves but it's not a property that's really well known in the u.s or maybe even beyond france and the rest of the world it kind of maybe some people know about it some people don't it kind of went away pretty quickly in the u.s but it was something i was looking really really looking forward to. But me too. I yeah. mean, uh, I mean the, the trailer built it as like the graphic novel that inspired every sci-fi film you've ever loved. Right. Um, and there was like some cool, um, it certainly looked cool, mm-hmm. um, very colorful. Yeah. Um, you know, and I liked the, the filmmaker because I love Fifth Element. Fifth one Element. My, one of my looks favorite early films. Like you know? it could almost be a sequel to Fifth Element. Yeah. Like style-wise and stuff. You know, that blue-green yeah. people, all that stuff. It's got some good pedigree. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's not part of a franchise. Right. And the, and the world we live in, mm-hmm. um, it's like franchise everything. Yeah. Um, certainly in the the Marvel. I mean, we got Marvel, we got Star Wars. Like, just a, mm-hmm. everyone's got all these little bits. Yeah. Um, and so build up as that, you right. know, Eli and I are like, well, we must That's go nice. see this film. I mean, you know, right. like inspired Star Wars <laughs> and other star related films. I had, I had high hopes. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's also, and this director, again, we like. Mm-hmm. So um, we went, we got tickets, we went at night. Um, in 3D. In, in 3D, with 3D glasses, we bought uh, illegal gas station candy and brought it in like we usually like do. Like usual, yeah. So it, it, it opens up on this sort of um, little innocent planet with little fish people, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little introduction, yeah. Yeah, and, and so very it's like this very yeah. beautiful, there are pearls and mm-hmm. little earth people, I mean, little uh, ocean people with seashells and stuff and then like these giant ships crash and uh even from the beginning it seemed interesting Mm -hmm. but it also had a little bit of what um in my family we in my family we call the the van helsing quality okay um which is when the movie van helsing came out in like the 90s or something in you know Uh um it was like uh visually very interesting Right, but everything any, everyone said was horrible. So you could just watch <laughs> right. it on mute. Yeah, like, um, it's just it looks like, beautiful. Yeah, it, it, the, it came from a comment my brother said. I was like, "How was it?" He's like, "Well, you could just watch it on mute, and it's really interesting." Because <laughs> um, there was a little bit from the beginning. I don't know. It didn't grab me. I was like, "Oh, I, I buy, I, yeah, yeah, I buy the visual imagery. Mm-hmm. The visual imagery is very powerful. Yeah, but the story, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't. I'm not a super compelled. Because I mean, but yeah. like from the beginning of the Fifth Element. I am totally interested in these people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that there's, you know, we can talk about this a little bit later. Just, I mean, and I know he's working from source material. Yes. Um, Which I've read some of, yeah. But there was, like, 
one of the things I like about the fifth element, mm-hmm. you know, as silly as it is, like there's this gigantic thing that's going to destroy all life in the universe. Yeah. Like it's biggest possible stakes. Right, right. Um, which I liked because yeah. you know it allowed everything to be symbolic and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we start there. We move along. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't tell you the whole story because it would take forever. Yeah. Um, but I, I did like. I mean, in general, I do like stories that have. Um, quaint tranquilness mm-hmm. that gets punctuated by something, you know, like that's right, yeah. that's that's why that's what makes it interesting. That's what I do think the, the story, the world on that planet was they took time to kind of build that world a little bit, yeah, um, and the people on it um, to get used to them a little bit. So that was interesting, and like you said, things kind of. Uh, change very quickly for those people. And I did like going into the second sequence, sort of second introductory sequence, where we get the space stations through time and how the main um, city of a thousand planets station that where the rest of the movie sort of takes place on uh, develops over time from like the International Space Station. And then all these alien races getting introduced. And I think that was over a David Bowie song, is that right? Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Space Oddity. Space Oddity, yeah. Which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think it's a, I mean, yeah. it's a great way to show passage of time. Right. I like the different greetings, the different mm-hmm. aliens, slimy, not slimy, guns, not guns. All <laughs> right, that yeah. stuff. You know, I think and I was like, oh, like this is, is interesting. It's mm-hmm. comprehensive. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it starts from a point of something that I know and then expands out. You yeah. know, and it was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm into it. Yeah. And I think, I think something I mentioned at the time was, you know, with all these sort of other big budget sort of sci-fi films coming out, even like the one with like, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt, which was like kind of this high budget sci-fi film, but like, you know, anything in like the background of that scene at this space station over time was like the design of things and the look and the style was like way more interesting than any of those films. Like even these smile, the it's like minor Pat parts. One where they're like, she loves him together. and they, they jump. They're like the only two people yeah. on this space station mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, shit. So, you know, like, those things, which they definitely spent lots of money on, but I think he at least has, like, tons of creativity flowing out of him, uh, talking about Luc Besson, for some of this. But I think I agree when we get into the characters more, our main characters, they're, they're pretty lightly written and not that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that all of the all those visual elements, like the the aliens and then the, the admirals and whatever, mm-hmm. and the space stations and overtime, it tells a it really tells an interesting and complete story, right? With complexity and yeah. and those characters in the beginning, mm-hmm. various aliens that come, various humans that are greeting them, are yeah. interesting, mm-hmm. um, and uh, interesting and different enough that I'm interested in. I'm like, oh, like this <laughs> is uh, a yeah, right, this is gonna be cool. But even so, there's a little bit of like. Hmm. Space station stuff is cool, but yeah. who like how do the sea people relate to this? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, as we learn a little bit later, like the sea people were almost entirely extinct. Right. I'm it takes like, a long time to get there. Yeah, it's but I'm like, details, how yeah. does like one spaceship or two spaceships crashing into your planet just you destroy know, everything? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, it's but, a small planet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's some background, a little bit for me. I'm a really big Luc Besson fan. So, like, when I was first getting into film, he was huge for me. So, The Professional is probably one of my favorite films of all time. And that kind of got me onto this Luc Besson kick. So, I, I even searched out some of his old French films that were hard to get in the U.S. And then The Fifth Element came out. And I think I saw it, like, three times in the theater. And we talked a little bit about that. So, 
I've been wanting to see him do something similar to that or a sequel for a long time. So I thought this would be like it, right? And I'm even a big fan of The Messenger, the Joan of Arc movie, which not many mm-hmm. people have seen or talk about anymore, but was, I considered, you know, in like my top five for a while. Maybe not now, but at the time that it came out. So going into this, I was pretty excited. I've read some of the graphic novels, which I've talked about on the show. I watched some of the French animated show that I found, a few of those. So I will say, you know, the graphic novels, the animated show, it is sort of, these are not really well-drawn characters, and I think that's sort of, not the point, but like, it's supposed to be just sort of a romp through space, um, that these characters are just kind of fun, and they can kind of do, you know, they're good at everything, and they always like, just get by barely, you know, through their adventure, and it's a little like whimsical, and has good banter and things like that. So I think some people expecting a little better drawn characters, um, I think it was going a little more straightforward than maybe they expected. But that being said, I mean, the characters in The Fifth Element were really pretty fun and interesting and had some emotion that you could grasp onto. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they were simple, but Mm -hmm. um, in a good way. You know, in the way that, like... A really good friend of mine. Um, he really likes the um, the sh- the short called Bernie. That's okay. on Wally. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. It is so right. it's yeah. just like it's all he wants to do is repair this light, <laughs> right? And he's a robot. Yeah. And he doesn't. He just that's his job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a really simple. He's a really, he's a really simple person. He has mm-hmm. really simple goals, and yet there's a really interesting and enjoyable story to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, I mean, you also get like some really great performances in the Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chris Tucker, who plays right, Ruby yeah, Rod. Ruby Rod, yeah. Um, Bruce Willis is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Mila Jovich, you know, good. Yeah, really charismatic people yeah. in these roles. Um, yeah. And even like all the tertiary characters, the main bad guy, Zork, Zorb, whatever his name is, yeah, Zorg. Gary Oldman, Zorg, yeah. Um, you know, and like the, and also like the various religious people. Mm-hmm. They're kind of silly, but every little bit of the silliness seems to add to the tapestry mm-hmm. of that story. Yeah. And for all purposes, from what I understand, you know, this the fifth element was like Luke Besson's Valerian, you know, not being actually Valerian. Like yeah. the comic book, you know, creator did like a lot of the design on the film and so it's kind of a very similar aesthetic and world. So I think this was him like and he said, you know, he couldn't until he saw Avatar come out. He didn't think that he could do Valerian, and that made him realize, like, oh, the technology is far enough along that now I can do this, um, which he couldn't with the fifth element. Yeah, so, yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's it's hard. Like, so we're dancing around it, but yeah. Um. So uh, I mean, the fifth element is a better film, I think. It is. Um. So like, there's a couple of places where like the Valerian romp falls apart. Mm-hmm. I'll say one high point first. Yeah. Um. It it's got. Almost all the pieces have really interesting concepts. Hmm. Each like scene, yeah. chunk, arc in the mm. story is interesting. The most the most enjoyable one, the most successful, I think, is when they go to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. It's like Which this really trans-dimensional cool. marketplace where yeah. like you need special equipment to like go to these different dimensions that are all kind of in the same place. Sort of like virtual reality, but also another dimension. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so and then they're like engage, engaging in espionage and mm-hmm. spy stuff in multiple dimensions. Yeah. It's really cool. And right. Valerian gets his hand stuck in another dimension, <laughs> and there's yeah. you know, and so like he's trying to pull it out so they it doesn't have to, get like, hurt. Sneak their weapons into this world. Yeah. So and I mean, there's yeah. yeah, all that seems really fun and yeah. really fine. I think you know their their relationship with Valerian and what's her name, Laura Lane. Yeah, 
it works fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of light. It's a little interesting. Yeah. They get out by the skin of their teeth mm-hmm. with some information. Um, he gets to make a choice to, like, be a little bit good mm-hmm. and help some people out. Yeah. You know, as opposed to just being, just getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, you know, it's like, oh, like, so he's sort of like a, you know, like a do-gooder. Yeah. Um, but there are a couple points later in the movie, unfortunately, <laughs> um, where... Uh, I've been trying to think about how to describe it. There's like a few moments where like he just essentially creates a horrible internet meme. <laughs> you know, there's there's the one at the end um, where like blah, 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 lot of stuff happens in the story. And yeah. like we have like this, our, our heroes have this thing which can like restore um, this entire civilization mm-hmm. of these earth, these sea people that had right. been um, sort of like lost their home world. Mm-hmm. And he's like... I don't know if we can do that. That's property of the organization that we belong to. And I'm a, there's a, damn it, Laura Lee, and I'm a soldier, (laughs) not a miracle worker. Essentially, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, nothing you have ever done is by the books. And that is the dumbest line I think you could ever possibly write in this situation. We already know that you. Trying to insert tension where there's. Yeah, we already know that you break the rules and do the right thing. We know that from. And that's, I think, what we learn in this. Transdimensional marketplace, which again Mm -hmm. I think you know expresses those characters the best. Yeah, and there's another scene too where like it's so bad where um, Valerian uh, they escape through the help of this sort of like squid. What is she? What is she? She's like a shapeshifter. Yeah, but they called it something different. Yeah, and she can like go onto your body and like make you look like something else. Uh And she's you know she's kind of like a Disney character, a slightly slutty Disney character. (laughs) I mean, or sexualized Disney mm-hmm. character sexualized, yeah. in like a larger more Star Wars kind of world mm-hmm. and she's like a, this Betty Boop quality to her anyway but she um, and she's female I don't know if gender really matters for that species right or like but anyway but she, that's how she's anyway shows her form yeah um, and she's about to die don't entirely know why she's mm-hmm. like I'm gonna die and, and I'm like why and she's like I must have gotten hurt in that battle <laughs> yeah. which we didn't see like did you just right. retcon in your own film um, and and he's like Blue squiggly lady, that was the greatest performance I've ever seen. <laughs> um, which is just like oh, a to give her some purpose. I just yeah, I'm like oh my god, I'm like it's almost like he has this horrible cheesy voice like I just used to do it, and yeah. I, I just see it like as a horrible bad internet meme. Um, yeah, I mean like at that point while we're talking about it, it's just this little like side adventure at yeah. first. Like he, you know, in order to accomplish the bigger task of our story, he has to find this woman to help him. And then he sort of gets wrapped up in her story, which, as you said, ends quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think they were, it was interesting, like, the commentary on she was sort of, like, stuck in this role by sort of, like, her pimp, I think is yeah. what, what the yeah. character's name. And so there was this aspect of, you know, even in this sort of almost utopian future type place on the station with all these different people living together, there's still, like, people that are enslaved and... So him kind of running into that situation, I think, was supposed to make him see this, like, the inner workings of this world that are not as smooth as he thinks they might be, or as good, yeah, and but it doesn't have, really come across. You've just done a lot of very generous rehabilitation <laughs> of, of what, what was happening. There. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, it reminds me of, um, there's like one episode in the new Battlestar Galactica where like Leah Dama goes and sees, goes to the refinery uh-huh. vessel yeah. where they're like, they refine the fuel that they used. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, this is the real working class thing. And, yeah. you know, and like, it tries to cram like, 
a thousand years of class stuff into uh, like a 122 minute episode right. and it just it it fails uh, about as bad as the fat Leodama with a pillow on his his yeah I mean I like to imagine that uh, you know to get Rihanna in this film that yeah. they gave her some kind of pitch like that like no you're you know representing these like people that are put upon in this world and you have to get free and he helps you get free and but really it was just sort of like well you do like a stripper dance and then and then we'll cg the rest you know yeah, like you're you, a blue squid you don't have to be in the rest really you just do sort of the sexualized dance which also seems strange but anyways yeah it was so i don't know that i disliked that sort of little adventure exactly but it definitely like let our characters yeah off well here's the thing two items yeah. one like the, I understand that like the spectacle of like the blue stage performer. I mm-hmm. mean, we see her yeah, in the, the fifth like element. Yeah, the opera singer, the, yeah. Diva, the diva. Yeah, yeah, and she's great, mm-hmm. and she does a similar thing. Like she gets hurt, and you know, in her, like she helps save the right, thing. You know, right. and like I just, it's better done in the fifth element. She just didn't have the other thing is, that if you are a shape, I mean, I, I don't mean to be crass, mm-hmm. but like if you were like a, a shape shifting sex object, mm-hmm. um, Rihanna is a fine shape to take. But, like, there, can you just show us a few other things? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, just a few other women or a few other mm-hmm. men or, or different aliens that are, like, a, yeah. you know I mean? Yeah. I just feel like it's, it's for me, I classify it as, like, the, the Green Lantern problem. Like, the Green Lantern can create anything with his mm-hmm. ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's always is limited by the authors of that book. They right. can always Their think of this. And it was, I mean, he's even made fun of in the Green Lantern, live-action Green Lantern movie, because mm-hmm. at one point he makes a race car, yeah. and he jokes about it, because, like, all you think is a race car? I'm like, yeah, that's all I can think about. Yeah. Um, I just think, I mean, again, I mean, if you have if you have such a charismatic performer as Rihanna, both vocally and physically, mm-hmm. like, can you give me a little bit more? To do, yeah. Give her something a little bit more to do yeah. Yeah. Um, than wear two different outfits. I mean, it's just, and again, it's like, yeah. it's, it's just a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. do something. I um, also want to mention briefly the I really enjoyed the interdimensional marketplace thing scene too, and it was this odd experience of watching in three D with three D glasses on, which gives us this extra dimension, and then they kind of put on like these goggles to give him this extra dimension, and then he's like stuck in this different world. But I thought it was just a, a fun sort of experience that like relates to our actual viewing experience yeah, as well. Several different dimensions spilling yeah. out for us. And I think it was so complex, like, that part of the world. Like, he's running through this market in this other dimension, but there's all these, like, aliens shopping there, too. And so I- I'm eager for those aspects to, like, rewatch it at home yeah. where I can watch it more closely because there's just, like, he just ran by the, like, five aliens that were really cool-looking um, designs because I'm kind of into that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it kind of that aspect had the sort of Star Wars feel of you know when you first saw the cantina scene on Mos Eisley and they pan through this dark you know room and you're like what are all those creatures? Dick, that is you an entire that, franchise like, you're looking at right there. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean the world building I think was pretty well done. Yeah. Um, I also there are these moments. I mean, so like I guess like when I watch it, mm-hmm. um, when I watch it, and, and I rehabilitate it in my mind, I may do it slightly differently than you, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So this is what often happens to me. So like yeah. that scene where he's like, "It was the greatest greatest performance I've ever seen." The squiggly blue lady. Mm-hmm. Um, what I imagine is I imagine it as a graphic novel, mm. where I I you know that I take the scene, I take the, mm-hmm. sort of the apex of the scene, and I imagine a word bubble. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, like. It, 
if he didn't deliver that line so poorly with yeah. poor timing and this horrible weirdly forced dynamic in this mm-hmm. spilled garbage thing yeah i could imagine that moment being powerful mm-hmm. um but this, this so that's often what i rely to like oh yeah. like oh like i can see if i imagine this as a page in the graphic what novel I, I can yeah. see what they're getting at mm-hmm. it it really is a failure right in <laughs> no, front of me be, yeah. but if i like you know redact it out mm-hmm. the other thing is there's this um element to the uh the valerian character that is sort of i think unintentional and that's like he's so tired like he i mean if you watch the film there's this he he's he's got sunken eyes Mm -hmm. he seems utterly exhausted in his face and like a little bit bewildered by everything Mm -hmm. and like i mean and sometimes that's echoed in his um what he's doing or what he's talking about right but it just seems like the actor is tired Mm -hmm. um and if you i mean you know one of the things that i you know one of the adages or little quips that i learned when i was taking film classes like acting happens between like the eyebrows (laughs) and the bridge of your nose it's just that narrow strip of your face yeah and this guy is telling me he's like oh i'm so tired and old Right. And I'm like, that isn't, your character is not. But what I'm saying is, I'm an energetic, that. like, yeah. super agent who I'm like space, banters with yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like young I'm Han Solo. To pick you know? up the girls, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and in some sense, it makes, you know, because I think Loreline, Loreline, was Laura Lane, yeah. It, she's like more, she's she seems to not be tired right. and have better makeup. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and it makes their relationship a little cuter because uh-huh. I'm like, he's not, and he doesn't have particularly good hair. You know, I mean, like he's yeah, he's just sort of like. I think I mean I think talking about the characters, he's a big problem with the film. <laughs> um, I mean, I think he's a good actor in other films that I've seen. Yeah, him, I, I mean, and I think he can do good things. So I don't know if he this is his biggest role, probably starring role. And so maybe he was, it looked like a very physically demanding role. So maybe yeah. he was actually really tired yeah. and couldn't really take on that role. And I mean, like in poster form, I think he fits the role fine. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, he's got that little, you know, tousled hair. Yeah. And, you know, he's but, not. But in reality, I don't think he stands up to the Laura Lane character in yeah. the film. Um, she also acts better. Yeah. Like she's, she, does, she yeah. inhabits this right. person she's supposed to be. And he seems to be doing, like, an 80s um, Keanu Reeves impression, I feel like, the way he talks. Um, So, like, yeah, I I don't know. I just think he was trying something and it didn't work. Or he was not prepared for that Mm -hmm. role. So it's interesting to imagine, you know, I don't think The Fifth Element is the best written film as far as dialogue and stuff. But those actors were able to do something interesting with it. Yeah. And they needed an actor who could elevate things. For the main Valerian role, um, unfortunately. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Lorlene was pretty good. She was all right. Yeah. I mean, she could also have been maybe more charismatic actor. Yeah. Too, I mean, but. so I mean, thinking about it right now, I'm like, I could have like enjoyed the movie a little more if like she were more the main character mm-hmm. and he was sort of like her bebop and sidekick. Right. Because there's also, I mean, that sort of that that big side adventure where. They like go. You have to rescue her from the ogre people. Mm-hmm. That involves the blue squiggly lady. Right. Um, she's just like a helpless woman about to get eaten by yeah. this thing, and he has to go save her. Yeah. And there's like a gratuitous. Like then there's a lot of fighting right. with random people that Which, show up. You know, it's these little details that don't make sense because they're supposed to be these like 
government agents that are sensitive to these different peoples and helping them. But then when they go to this group on the station, they're just like, well, I guess we'll kill these guys and kill, like, the king of these people, like, without a thought. You know, like, yeah. there's no repercussions or thinking about their culture or whatever. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, I mean, I would imagine that, the, you know, the way, the way it happens is, um, you know, they... They, they put space in the script mm-hmm. for a side adventure. Yeah. You know, and they have lots to choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they chose a bad one. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so some, let's see. <clears throat> Among other things that I didn't like about the film, <laughs> <clears throat> um, it has a... Well, I feel bad talking about. I mean, because I, I had a lot of hopes uh, for it. Yeah. And I, again, like I think, like visually is great. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you know, I like Mr. Besson. I think like there's yeah. a lot of wonderful stuff out there. Uh huh. Um, creatively, a lot, a lot of interesting stuff going on in the film. But I think like um, the some of the central elements of the film, like the story and the main characters, really fail the rest of the thing. Yeah. Because um, I think there's this element of the story that even having watched it, I mean, the story is sort of like there's this evil, aggressive, power-hungry, careless human mm-hmm. general, and mm-hmm. there's a battle going on, and he makes some sort of ambiguous, crucial decision that eventually dooms the planet uh, of right, these right. sea In people. In the past, we kind of get this, yeah. Yeah, and then he's trying to actually fully... Ex- cause them to be extinct so they don't tell the story of his mistake mm-hmm. which has the consequence of like since humans did something bad then they'll get kicked off their own station yeah and so there's some element of that that's interesting yeah because it, it deals with like human morality mm-hmm. um you know what does it mean that humans create a space which they can no longer inhabit anymore right you like know they're the origins of this space station sort of and yeah. yeah, and so all of that again is interesting, mm-hmm. and and this it spends no time on it at all, yeah. and it's also not really clear why the planet was destroyed or any of that. Mm-hmm. Like we hear him talk about it, and we hear him like this dark confession sort of thing, mm-hmm. but like even I don't really yeah like I I kind of have to tell it tell the story myself <laughs> to, to make, make sense. sense. Out of it. Um, and uh, I don't who I don't remember who played that general Clive Owen. Yeah, I think so. Of? No, yeah. no, the, is, is he the bad one? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, um, who's a great actor? Yeah. He's a great actor, but yeah. he's like doing a vaudeville version of a villain in mm-hmm. a blockbuster film. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I mean, he's like, oh, I'll just kill all the people. Right. <laughs> um, you'll never catch me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and I, and I, I mean, I haven't read the source material, so I don't know that like this character isn't that kind of person. Mm-hmm. But all I can say is it did not work in the movie that I watched. Yeah. I mean, when I try to think through like uh, why the fifth element worked so well, and you know the connection to the characters in Valerian did not work so well, or tied to the story. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a few things we talked about, maybe some of the actors playing them. But, you know, even, like, Gary Oldman's character of Zorg in Fifth Element is, like, way over the top and ridiculous. But I think he, you, like, get the sense that he's having fun with it. Or, you know, like, yeah. he's creating an interesting character. But again, I mean, he's and, having fun. You and know, you like, have, like, the Ruby Rod character that draws mm-hmm. absurdity. Like, he's drawing yeah, the bounds of absurdity very wide. Right. So, like, this world is... And playing off Bruce Willis, who's more low key, yeah, like it, it works the balance. I mean, like, there's like a, I mean, at one point Milojovic wears that like orange mm-hmm. thong 
suspenders. Like it, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of the thing is like Valerian does not appear mm-hmm. to be an absurd world. Right. It appears to be interesting. Mm. You know, there's like lots of aliens, but they're not like crazy having a party in Cancun. Yeah. They're just like they're water ones, and yeah. there are you know, That's like, true. and like so the and and again like the the opening for the the film proper mm. is like a very sober meeting of military officials. You know, like yeah. in this space station as the space mm-hmm. station grows. Yeah. And that gives me the impression of very practical, mm-hmm. very, you know, speculative, but. Mm-hmm. real oriented kind of world yeah. that's fantastic mm-hmm. um, but isn't like absurd in the way the fifth element is yeah. um, and, and maybe that's part of and I think maybe that's part of what um, how Valerian fails is it doesn't it maybe tries to it isn't entirely sure what it's going for yeah I mean um, I think uh, the mixing of tones between the two isn't working I mean I think in the fifth element you're like, it's sort of absurd but the characters are very like sincere and genuine um, which I think I latch on to. But in Valerian, the main characters are kind of just like, we don't get a sense that they actually care that much. Like, he's just kind of like hitting on her the whole time, and that seems like mostly what he cares about until he does care. But like, everybody else is very serious, but they're not, kind of. There's like, I guess I gotta do my job now. Um, so I think those tones are not, not working for me. Yeah, yeah, and I also, I mean, I don't know what this says about me, mm-hmm. but like I just the like Valerian as the like womanizer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it just I just don't buy it. Right. I mean, like I see this guy and I'm like, oh, he seems like a nice, mm-hmm. dedicated, yeah, like you know, space cop, mm-hmm. young, yeah, like right. I mean, and like and again, like if she doesn't talk about the list or whatever, mm-hmm. we don't see him interact with, I mean, like, he's, he's, yeah. he's not hitting on other people. No. Like, he's treating other women fairly well throughout right. the film. Like, I know... It's like it was written that way, but that's not... Right, and again, again, it's like, yeah. it's, clear, it's clearly not the character that we're watching. We're seeing, yeah. Um, yeah. He's, like, giving somebody else's lines. Yeah. I mean, there's moments in The Fifth Element where, you know, like, when she first like falls into his taxi and stuff and i think classic sort of luke Besson, where he like does these sort of like really close-up shots of faces and just like so you can um take the moment to like focus on their emotions yeah and things like that and he you know bruce willis is trying to decide what to do and she's like desperate and please, you see all those things yeah help, and that so <laughs> You can just keep going. Um, and then we, you know, I think that works for me. And then in the end when, you know, like she saves things and like you feel the desperateness of those moments and stuff. And and certainly maybe that's performance. But, you know, we just don't, I don't feel anything like that in Valerian. This is all making it sound like I really don't like the movie. Honestly, like it was a lot of fun. I, giving it more of like, I think it's more of a soft spot for me being Luke Besson. Um, but overall, I would say I would recommend people actually see it, um, for the experience of the film, but I don't, I wouldn't say that it's like great or I agree it's definitely not fifth element level by any means. Um, but it was an enjoyable film. It was interesting. Uh, I like seeing those worlds, um, overall. And I don't think he, I don't think anybody else does that sort of world like Luke Besson does. Like, nobody else makes a film that looks like that. 
or that experience. Yeah, I mean, um, and I would hope. I mean, I've never, I never met him. I don't think I ever will. Yeah. I would hope that if he would listen <laughs> to this, he would be like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I. Yeah, I, I mean, if he's gonna listen to anybody, he should listen. Could have, you know, I, like I kind of agree with you. I, I'm disappointed <laughs> that, that he looked so tired. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, I mean, I, I, I just can't, because I mean, I, I always like to imagine like these, these, these towers of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they see things even with much more um, uh, detail mm-hmm. and scale and structure than we mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And I don't think he can look at Valerian and look at the Fifth Element and say. This is a superior film, right? In every right. degree, um, but I mean, thinking. I mean, that said, like, I don't regret seeing the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a what film did I regret seeing that we watched? Probably Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant. Yeah. I I regretted. I mean, I always love to spend time with Eli, and it was <laughs> nice to be in a relatively dark room in a reclining chair. Um, and and we got to have a great talk with you know my friend Colin yeah. about it. Um, but I. Uh, I don't know if I would go see that if I like wasn't my friend. And halfway through, I'm like, I, you can't salvage this. Like, there's no <laughs> way like you can, that. even if I grant. Anyway, and you didn't feel that way. No, no, no. I mean, um, I guess. I mean, I, I, I mean, to be most generous, I think that to say what 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 I can say about it most mm-hmm. generously is it didn't live up to my expectations. Yeah, for sure. Which doesn't mean. Um, that it wasn't really it wasn't really enjoyable mm-hmm. and I think probably if I watched it again I would enjoy like 80% of it mm. and then there are these like little parts where like oh my god there's this totally ridiculous part in here and like oh that that that, that villain is horrible right but you know all the and a lot of the other stuff I you know really enjoyed mm-hmm. and I mean and I like I mean the, the stuff with the sea people and you know the sort of the infinitude of their wealth mm-hmm. um, all that stuff is, is, is interesting yeah. you know like I mean it has you know too. yeah has um, corollaries to moral issues in mm-hmm. our modern world and all sorts of things, um, you know. And and uh, even as far as just like um, digital quality, and I, I don't know if mm-hmm. like someone's specifically talking about the Navi and how they were they were animated facially. Yeah. But like I don't know what they did with those the, those fish people. But yeah. like you, it is even totally in like super big like 3d mm-hmm. it is difficult to tell exactly what i'm watching yeah is this a 3d model right is this a human with plasticine enhanced by you know mm-hmm. cgi yeah and and i think that's i mean they must have done you know i think a lot of that stuff has to do with the finish and the shine um yeah. the texture of oh, different yeah. materials mm-hmm. um and the way that light is handled the way you know digital yeah. light and practical light are lit for those spaces i know mm-hmm. the spaces aren't totally digital right um and some of that was just impressive i'm like i can't you know and and like and they were also very expressive in a different palette Mm -hmm. and they had had more these fish-like features Mm -hmm. um and they they they, their faces moved and expressed slightly different than humans Mm -hmm. um and so that was great yeah um you know and impressively so like i mean as far as i can tell that's the vanguard of that particular presentation of like a fully digital person in a you know, in a world out there. I mean, like, right. the Navi are great, but these, I feel like I should know their names. <laughs> um, uh, these folks are, yeah. are done better. Yeah. And maybe the technology is better. Maybe they spent more time on it. Um, but I also feel like there's very little about the, that race of people in this story that I have a complaint with. I think they spent a lot of time on them, mm-hmm. both writing well, them and, and, you know, animating them. Yeah, that's definitely the strength of the film. You just wish the main characters were... <laughs> As strongly written. It's true. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, but I think, I mean, probably what they might say, you know, um, is like, you don't even need them. 
Like yeah. we don't even. I mean, like that's about all. We don't need Valerian and Laureline. We just. It's just interesting to see all these different places. Yeah, I mean, they're just the ones sort of crashing literally through these different worlds. Yeah, and, things like and that. There, there's certainly some. There, there's a there's the scene with those like butterflies where they catch the people. Mm. Like it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's. If it had some more relevance <laughs> to the story, yeah, I would like it more. more behind it, yeah. But I mean, it's kind of like I, you watch that ten minutes on mute, and you're like, "This is," uh, especially it's in three D. Mm-hmm. These like butterflies fluttering by you. It's yeah. it's fantastic. And I did like the three D is the kind of three D that doesn't like make you too aware of it. Yeah. Like I didn't. I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. But it was uh, immersive in that way, but not like flashy. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm often a nerd about it, so I like to like take them off to kind of to, to kind of yeah. see like oh like am I you know to see mm-hmm. like how much is how much depth is created by um, 3D and how much mm-hmm. is created by like other more conventional methods. Yeah, because um, you can I mean you can tell how much is done by the 2D by you take off your glasses and you see how blurry it is like yeah. the, the distance between the two is like the, the degree to which they're mm-hmm. closer to. But I did want to mention a little bit around the business of it, and then I think we can wrap up yeah. this discussion. But the um, so this is what people are calling the most expensive independent film ever made, which more means it's made outside of like the major Hollywood systems. I think there's like five or six studios or whatever. So this is like Luc Besson's studio, and there was talk of you know would this film like basically bankrupt his studio like he's taking such a big gamble on it um so i think what they're saying is it needs to make back like 400 million dollars worldwide box office and currently as we're recording this it's almost only doing like half of that worldwide um which it did recently it played number one in china which is probably the second biggest market for films in the world um but it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to look at that Luc Besson is sort of working at this almost independent level, but trying to make something so huge. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think it paid off for multiple reasons, but, uh, you know, he apparently went to investors in all different countries and kind of got pre-distribution um, deals and things like that to help pay for the film. So I think he's a savvy businessman, I hope the next thing he has a chance to do, he'll spend a little more time writing it. Um, yeah. Or doing things like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that's going to... I mean, since it's basically failing what he planned for it to do, I don't know that other people have a lot of other opportunities like this. But uh, it's interesting that the world is changing that way, and I think it has become... You know, even in the U.S., the success of films plays off of the rest of the world much more than it used to. Um, most of the box office used to come from the U.S., and now, like, uh, Tom Cruise's Mummy film, which sort of bombed in the U.S., actually ended up doing pretty well with worldwide um, box office. So it's it's kind of like, it's hard to, hard to know what to gamble on, um, I think, for studios and things like that. And so they can, they can count on it doing well in the rest of the world if it doesn't take off in the U.S. So, Yeah, I mean, there's a couple... I mean, I just want to touch on a few in- things that are interesting yeah. about what you just said. One of which is... Um, I, uh, this is just speculation because I'm not at all an expert in this. Yeah. But I think like the transition to uh, digital presentation mm-hmm. is one of the things that's allowed um, mm. more um, like worldwide release. Yeah. 
Um, and cheaper and easier to do that. Well, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I know that they're well. I, I have read articles about. Um, mm. It's certainly like you know, fifteen years ago when we're still sitting. Prince, there's yeah. places that like in the world where they won't uh, companies are are reluctant to send prints yeah because they know they're going to get pirated right 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 you know and all it takes is mm-hmm. one you run it through a machine you get a digital scan and you have stuff right. all over the place and there's still certainly ways to pirate things now mm-hmm. but it's much harder to pirate like a like a the, the presentation experience right um you know and i think so i think that i i, I would i would imagine that um the the digital presentation as well as like because of the the way that the, the media is owned mm-hmm. and controlled by the companies it they're they're a lot more confident spreading it out in a lot of wider mm-hmm. markets yeah um it also i mean i think there's there's got to be ways in which they can track um attendance presentation all that stuff much more digitally yeah, and, and manage that stuff a lot better These than days. they used to i mean yeah. even just even just within the u.s mm-hmm. um uh, you know, and, and like in super quick real time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there's this the the element of like the pre-sale. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a billion things going on in my head, some of which are relevant, most <laughs> of which are not. But one of which is um, it reminds me like a lot of like uh, Kickstarter and Indiegogo, mm. um, where a lot of times to have a successful product. Yeah. Um, you know, that could be a film, book, mm. game, toy, right. gadget, clothing. Mm. You need a good idea and a good prototype, right? Um, you know, and often that means like for a film, you need like a good concept yeah. um, and some good, you know, like I've done this before or structure, mm-hmm. you know, some sort of faith building kinds of things. Yeah, and you can get a lot of people to give you money, mm-hmm. um, e- even if they're just pre buying the thing that you're doing. Right. Um, and it, and it's it seems to be like a, I don't know. It, there's an element of it that feels very modern. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing like. Um, you know, if you were sending in checks, I mean, it seems like twenty years ago, like no one be like, "You want me to buy your movie? Right. Like, why don't you make it, yeah. and then I'll and pay for it at the theater?" Yeah. Um, but it also means, you know, and I think, and I, and I, that people are getting more involved in the creation of mm-hmm. their media. Mm-hmm. I know that there are like a number of video games that I really like series where mm-hmm. I've like uh, uh, contribute to their Kickstarters and make successful okay. ones. Uh, Banner Saga is one of them. It's just wondrous. Amazingly beautiful <laughs> rotoscope style hmm. um, Norse game, which is amazing. Um, and there are other ones too. Uh, mm-hmm. the revival of the BattleTech franchise through a company called Hairbrain Schemes. Um, you know, and but so like also that means like you contribute. You're part of the beta testing. You know, you you contribute to the final product, which is cool. Yeah. The other thing though is uh, there's also this like the the pre-paying for things. Mm-hmm. It's also feels really old. And I also really yeah. old because like they're like, you know, like um, uh, in the in the Socratic dialogue, um, the symposium. Okay. You hear this? I have read. It's like a dis. It's like a, a public discourse on what love is. Okay. Um, but the structure of it is a subscription dinner. So people go mm-hmm. around to people in the city and they're like, oh, we're gonna have a fancy dinner at this place. These yeah. people are gonna be there. Why do you you, you want to buy in and come and do it, right? Right, right? And so it's like your people are pre essentially pre paying for something. But if 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 you don't mm-hmm. get enough people to come, then the dinner doesn't happen. Doesn't, yeah. And they're like, oh, I think Socrates is gonna be there. He's gonna talk about this stuff. And it's like, oh, and, you know, and Glaucon and all these other sort of like yeah. Socratic characters are gonna be there. So you know, uh-huh. might as well come on over to have a party. <laughs> um, and so there's uh, there's there's an element of it that like seems to return to an, an older kind of thing, mm. um, where like you weren't able to amass enough 
fortune or resources to do a big project right. without getting interested parties involved. Mm-hmm. And it just it makes me uh, I like it when people that are traditionally referred to as fans mm-hmm. um, are involved in the production of things or yeah. you know because it's like um, I mean I don't know if it's like the fist in the air like punk rock in me that's like mm-hmm. I don't want with the establishment crap right you know I mean I really like it when um, you know an, an artist understands that they're making art for people mm-hmm. and not just for money yeah um, or you know and like th- th- there there certainly has been a long period of time and certainly exists a lot today where like it's about like the mummy movie we're like we're okay alright so like we've done the demographic demographic research and right. we're just like it was 17 <laughs> and a half years past the last mummy movie so we know that like if we invest this amount of money in these elements we're gonna mm-hmm. make this we're gonna make this amount of profit off of a right. stupid poorly conceived horribly written you know mm-hmm. transformers with rags on them you know right um, and they're like here watch it and give us your money yeah and I'm like but like why even engage in any element of this like h- how is this mm-hmm. good or art or worthwhile yeah. or I don't know it's just like this thing that the man tells us we have to like right. um, so I mean I, I one of the things that I like and I, I'm happy to see more of it happening and more of it going forward is like um, having more of the audience um, intended audience um, mm-hmm. be involved in the creation of the art you know, even mm. the funding or design of it I mean because yeah. there's just I mean there's so many things um, so many films that I watch Eli <laughs> where I, you know um, or even like take for example like J.K. Rowling's fifth book yeah you know um, it's The Order of the Phoenix which mm-hmm. is the first book that she wrote um, after having seen a movie made of the earlier ones mm-hmm. um, and she needs like it's 200 pages longer or something like that right. she needs an editor she yeah. needs the audience to be like whoa yeah. did you do you know who you are do you <laughs> right. know what books you're writing um, and there's a sense that I don't know I, I'm rambling on about this but there's the sense that there's often like a creative bubble in which mm-hmm. there is like a, you know a limited number of artists or authors and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of business people um, and they end up creating things that I don't think, in the end, um, everyone is really proud of. Right. And I think that there's a way in which just involving the um, the audience input a little bit, mm. um, or, the, or, or again with the, like with the one wing the, the the larger community of people that have been interested in these ideas. Yeah. Um, to do, it. I mean, it's like Valerian is sci-fi. Right. Yeah. You know, like other people do sci-fi, you yeah. can totally give them a call. Right. Um, and you know, and so I understand, like for for production, you know, for production reasons and tradition reasons why mm-hmm. there's some central person in charge of stuff. But I just think that when you, um, I don't know, take the humble step to include your audience and mass or individually mm-hmm. in your creative process, I yeah. think you get a better product. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we talked about how this is. Could have been a better film, but I like. I wish the film would have been successful for the reason that, you know, Luc Besson is saying, "Hey, I'm offering something unique. It's a more original idea than, oh, yeah. than other things you're seeing." And so here, get on board with me in this unique way. Mm-hmm. Let's all be a part of this. And I don't know that it was fan supported so much, but uh, in sort of a global community, kind of getting behind it. And I think that's cool. And hopefully, we'll see other interesting things. I mean, that's the same reason, like. Um, John Carter, I was sad to see fail, even though this yeah. is like based on an old 
property, it was not well known to people, but it was imaginative and trying to start something new. Um, but people just didn't come out for it. So the industry is not going to take those kind of risks again, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of sad to see. Uh, but that seems to be the trend of what we're seeing. Um, is that people are only going to go out in droves to see the Transformers because they watched the last ten or whatever. How many of them are there? They're five. Five. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, I would say recommend see it. Set your expectations in the right place for Valerian. Set expectations for medium. Um, have fun with it. Yeah. See. yeah. see it in 3D if you can. Yeah. If it's still out there. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.